Pisa. Coffee, baseball. Coffee, baseball. Good morning. Welcome back. Grab your coffee. Grab your baseball. It's coffee and baseball. Everybody carries a baseball, right, Ryan? I believe so. I've got mine right here. Love it. Is it, uh, I'm going to guess it's a Cody Bellinger signed baseball. Uh, I have a jersey that's signed and it arrives today. A World Series authentic jersey that arrives today. And what and and does that mean he wore it or just that it's no, like it's stitched? not game worn. It's just an okay. actual uh, on field jersey. It's not a right. It's, not it's like a the replica. stitched. It's not the got it. It's got what it. they would wear. Yes, if Co- <laughs> they were going to wear it. I love it. If 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 this if this was a game, he would have worn something. He would like he could have he would have worn a version just like this. Yes. He just didn't wear this one. But he didn't wear it. <laughs> he did not wear this one. I also I have a it. I have a Justin Turner signed jersey sitting in a box right in front of me. That I would have paid so much more to find a game used version only because there's nothing more iconic than that tar on the back yeah. where he sets his oh, bat. Oh, good call. Um, I searched long and hard for that. Could not find it anywhere. Ended really? Up doing the MLB auction just for another authentic jersey, just not a game worn. Damn. Well, for for you know all our our thousands of viewers out there, you know if you can find if you can find one, you know yeah, hit us Justin, up at Coffee Base Pod. <laughs> JT, if you're out there listening, oh yeah, you know before you, you leave, if, depart to Boston, which breaks my heart. Oh yeah. Do you, do you think if we like did the metadata tags in every single episode, we tag Justin Turner? You know, how, like you, you can put in like searchable. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. within we your you know, baseball, MLB, blah blah blah, and people Google it. If we did Justin Turner every time, do you think he'd listen to an episode? Um, no, but I do think you have a higher chance of his wife listening to an episode. She runs her own podcast. I mean, he's often on it, uh, but she's much. What's more, her podcast about? Uh, uh, talking court, taking court, uh, something court. Because her name's Courtney. Is she a lawyer? No, oh, she's no, she's just a, a she's great cool. personality. So you know, she she has a good podcast. She does a bunch of stuff, and she interacts with fans. Um, she she wrote a very very heartfelt goodbye to L.A. Uh, oh, nice, which was very nice. Yeah, he he's a guy. If we could briefly, maybe just since we're on the subject, I'd love to see Turner whenever he hangs it up. I'd love to see him back in the in the clubhouse in some capacity for the Dodgers. I wouldn't be surprised. If he came back, and I also won't be surprised if uh, when it's time for him to hang it up, if we sign him to, you know, you do that thing, like a one-day contract or whatever. He should retire as a Dodger. I think it's – I actually uh, <clears throat> am quite upset with the front office. I get it. They look at, you know, different things than we do. Um, JT Martinez will hopefully be a great signing for us as well, but that was, that was the money that was earmarked for him. And uh, I think he just wanted more than one year, and I think all they wanted to do was one year. So, I, and I think it's tough when you've got the home, not the home. Well, I guess arguably the hometown guy, but like the the heart and soul of the team 
and he's just done. You know, like it mm-hmm. just the bat was just gone last year. I based mean, on the fact the second half of the year though, he found it again. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a little up and down right now. It's a little up and down. Sorry. Ryan has come back from heating up his coffee. Oh my goodness! Speaking of hot coffee, you know what else was hot? The stove was hot. Great segue. Uh, the most. <laughs> My wife is laughing at us in the background. She is not as entertained as we are. When is she going to join the pod? I don't think she will. She (laughs) stares at me with uh, the way that you would stare at your child playing with their friend. Mm, There is joy, Ah. but there is also that, oh, you don't know much. You know, this was a very uh, uh, competitive offseason for shortstops, right? They were in high demand. Everybody was trying to go after everybody. Big old contracts. And the Dodgers, you know, got their number one. Yeah. With good old uh, Miguel Rojas. Boom. The signing that everyone's talking about. The signing that everybody's talking about. Well, the, the trade that everybody's talking about. Excuse uh, me. I the believe trade. they gave up one prospect <laughs> for this gentleman. Uh, speak, speak, speaking of like returning to the Dodgers for a victory lap as the heart and soul of the team, you know, former Dodger that we 2014 all knew was a team, Dodger. 2014, you know, right, right before, right before the run hit. You know what I mean, Ryan? He was the the funny part is he's was included in the trade that got us Kike, Kike Hernandez and uh, uh, Austin Barnes. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. And you know, Austin Those Barnes are two is high one of the longest players. longest tenured Dodger. I mean, I think he's. Second longest behind Kirsch at this point. It's kind of funny. Really? Interesting. I believe so. I believe so. Because Kirsch started in 2011, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Anyway. And Kirsch used to be caught by uh, Chad. Oh, was it? Oh. Can't think of his last name. He had his go-to catcher, and then Barnes ended up taking over when, when uh, he got traded. Um mm. So anyway, let's go back, though, to uh, good old Carlos Cheater Correa. Yeah, the um, name that everybody's – that everybody now that it's free agency time, all yeah. of a sudden, everybody's like, this guy's a great shortstop. He's, oh, suddenly he's the, <laughs> he's one of the amazing. best shortstops there is. Everybody forgot about everything. Let's, let's just ignore the, pa- the, the, the lengthy history. Nothing else matters. and back Nothing injuries. Uh, he got 13 years with the, the Giants uh, right before the Giants introduced him. I mean – you know, there's a great article in the Athletic about it. How his family was in the hotel, like oh he's God, wearing the really? Giants jersey. It's it's ready to go. And uh, do we know what number he was going to be? Oh, there was like a picture of it. I don't I don't remember offhand now. I'm gonna look it up as you keep going. Um, and you know, the Giants pulled the plug on the press conference. Found something in his medicals in his physical that they did not like. Um, in while they're Figuring it out, Mets come in, swoop in, say, you know what? We'll give you, I think it was like 12 years uh, for $45 million less. Or is it $45 million? 35? It went went from 13 years, 350 to 12 years, 315. Yeah. So that's 35 less. 35 less. And, uh, you know. Which really, you don't even think of the numbers as that way. Like, think of it as like one less. Because let's be honest, like these really long contracts, you're kind of paying for five to seven years, and then you're eating the rest of the time. So it's like any amount of years that you can take off 
is yep. just a is a straight up win for the team because like the, these teams don't mind paying the good teams at least they don't mind paying like thirty to thirty five million for a player like we've seen that over and over again. What they don't want to do is they don't want all that dead money like ten years down the line. So like getting a year off, getting thirty five mil off is a straight up like like perk for the team. Yeah. So he goes. It's, yes. It's uh. So then he goes to the the Mets. And you think, oh, well, the Mets are aware of whatever this issue is. This is going to happen. Steve Cohen won't care. And yet, for some reason, it just kept dragging on, never hearing anything, never hearing anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it well, came out. Well, once again, it was the, it was the medical. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, you're right. It was the physical. There's, they found something they were unsure of. They were trying to work in language, do all these things. They were confident they'd get it done. And here we are today. Carlos Correa is a twin. Yeah. Now, once, the thing once that again. is really interesting, and I was listening to, uh, I'll plug another podcast, I listened to Talking Baseball yesterday, that they were talking about, which is, if you look at the length, the twins gave him, I believe, six years, 215? Two two hundred two hundred six years two hundred and it it can go up to two seventy uh, with incentives, which it, again it's it's hard to it's hard to imagine because the thing you got to realize is that they're all team options, mm. and he's going to be thirty four once those team options kick in. So, ask yourself if you think at age thirty four the Twins are going to choose to pay him thirty five million a year. You know, like it's hard to imagine, right? At thirty four. Mm-hmm. Unless he's unless he's roiding up really hard, hard to imagine. I mean, which who knows? He's already a cheater, so maybe he will. He's already um, a cheater. But what's really interesting, what they pointed out was six years is what the Twins were willing to do. If you look at the um, Mets contract, it was six years guaranteed at a lower cost than what they were going to give. Right. I think it was like six years, one fifty four. I want to say yeah, one fifty seven. But one fifty seven. Yeah, and then. They said that the next six years were still there. They just weren't guaranteed. So right. when you look at this from an outside perspective, there is something that everybody is looking at. It's got to be his ankle or leg or whatever, this lower leg, that they're saying, hey, we, we think you got six years in you. And after that, it's really up in the air if, you're gonna, if your body's going to hold up. Yeah. Well, the, and the medical thing is really interesting to me. In the sense that we like everybody's kind of known that that Correa's like Achilles heel is the injury bug. Like like you know he is who he is as a player, right? Like no one's ever gonna he's never gonna win a batting title. He's never gonna win a home run title. But he's he's even though he's also a cheater, he's he's a, he's an he's an all around good player. Like he does all facets of the game well. Um, and the injury concerns have really been the concerns, but it's always been his back, always. And so it's. Very interesting to see because because from what I have read, there is a metal plate in his leg or foot or ankle somewhere in that area from an ankle injury from 2014, 2014. which was the year, which is the year before he even made the majors. So like, it's it's just fascinating because everybody's dinging him for this injury that like you you've never witnessed Carlos Correa play without this injury. I, like I promise nobody in the MLB has witnessed it you know what I mean so it's like 
it's interesting to ding him on that and not and but that like his back checks out and and, and you know this is all obviously some level of like hearsay right it's all some level of like reporting and and you know oh they said this they said that but it just is because i'd be way more concerned about a back injury than an ankle injury uh personally um yeah it's just weird just, just with the like, way that baseball is especially if you look at this so 2014 so we're talking like eight nine years ago right that this injury happened he's never once been on uh the IL for this exactly so that's what's so fascinating about this um I would love to hear like in in whatever 20 years I want to hear the story of this of this whole thing I want to hear the real like I want to hear the I want like some investigative journalist to like track everybody down and be like all right what really happened because some something is whatever I'm gonna sound like a tinfoil hat guy something's going on here that's not it just it, 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 there's nothing cut and dry happening here like obviously who knows what it is maybe the I mean like I, I've listened to a podcast with every once in a while I listen to the David Sampson podcast he's like the dirtbag former oh, yeah. GM yeah, of yeah. the, you love uh, that the one. Marlins Cracks he's me just up. he's fascinating and he's crazy at the same time but he he is like very firmly in the camp that Major League Baseball basically intervened and like went up to Steve Cohen and was like, this is too much fucking money to give too many players. Like basically like you're setting such a high bar of spending that like no, the other owners are going to vote you out of the league if you do, if you keep spending mm-hmm. this aggressively. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows how true that is? Like I, I, part of me wants to believe him because he was in that world. But also part of me is like, dude, you ran the fucking Marlins. Like don't, don't. Yeah, he, Don't he talk like you were one of the big boys. Good. <laughs> oh, he was terrible. He inherited a World Series team, won one World Series with it, proceeded to run it into the ground year after year, and every fucking day on his podcast talks about how he won a World Series. <laughs> and it's like, dude, you won a World Series like year two of ownership, and then the subsequent like 18 years – you guys finished dead fucking last in your division. So like, don't, don't talk to me about like what it takes to win. Anyway, tangent aside, um, there, there's just something about it. That's so bizarre. Just the, like the amount of money that dropped, you know, you could say he lost $150 million in a sense, right? Cause you're going to ask yourself, okay, 13 years, 350 versus six years, 200 higher average He'll, annual value. Uh, odds are how much money is he going to make up? Odds are he'll get something after the six years. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll add up to 150 million. Exactly. You know, but we'll see what he really lost in the end. But he definitely lost at least, I would say, 50 to 100 million dollars. You know, probably. I would. I would honestly guess about right. Right there. Exactly. I would. I would probably put it right in the middle. I'd probably say he lost around 70 million. Would be my guess. Which what um, I love is that we talk about it in a sense. Like we'll ever make two hundred million dollars in our lives? Not once. Not that's, once in my that's life. That's like mega millions or super lotto right there. We we would uh, retire, call it a day, and and so it, it's he's still got a good contract for himself. Obviously, it's not what you want. It's nice, I think, as a player to get that one that takes you to forty or whatever. So you're like, this is it. This is my last team. This is my last contract. Right. I'm set. I don't have to deal with free agency ever again. Um, I think the the weirdest part. Too though is the fact that 
in this day and age that we're actually getting info about the medicals because you never did before. You never heard anything. You know, mm. the medicals were kept very quiet because they should. I mean, it's a rule. You can't even get this out. And yet we all know what it is. We know yeah. to a degree what it is. I mean, obviously, we don't know exactly what these um, doctors are thinking of his ankle. Um, but my, I think my favorite thing, <laughs> I think my favorite thing is, so he lands back on the twins right after he opted out, all this stuff, and then writing his, his post about uh, being back on the twins and how excited he is to be back there and this whole thing. And it's like, I don't know, it, it kind of feels like that idea that, uh, you know, he, he broke up uh, with a girl, tried to, tried to get with these two other girls, didn't work out. He came back and he's like, hey, no, the whole time. <laughs> yeah, really, it was always you, babe. <laughs> it was always you. It was always you. That's so You're funny. like, oh, man, look at you. It's uh, What uh, is interesting, because I, I also, like the other like tinfoil hat half of this, if you will, is that I look at this and I think of... And not giving, not 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 at all saying, oh, Carlos always wanted to be a twin. I think the twins always had a really high priority. Them like that organization always had a really high priority of signing Correa, right? Yeah. To a longer term deal, and I don't think they really realistically they don't really sign big name free agents very often. They they did a couple big re-signs of like Joe Maurer and Justin Morneau a couple years back, but those were you know the homegrown guys. Um, and it is interesting because you do talk about, right, how it's like 350 from the Giants and then it falls apart. And then you were like the Mets were essentially offering – again, if we're going to go with the same theory of if it's not you know guaranteed, it's not real. The Mets were essentially offering you know 150 for six years or 157, we said. And then the Twins come in at the end and that's a significant jump up from the Mets, right? Like $40 million basically. And part of me kind of wonders if this is some Scott Boris magic of like, or not, I don't call it magic to give him that much credit, you know, like some Scott Boris, like hard negotiation tactics of like, oh, the Giants wanted him. Oh, these, and like maybe those teams were never going to take him. This is, again, this is the tinfoil hat theory. Don't, don't take this as an informed opinion. But like, it, 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 there's a part of it, at least the Mets part of it, feels that way. Like, oh, I'll go to Steve Cohen. I'll be like, hey, what can you give us? So like, well, we could do this and this with incentives, right? We didn't hear about that 157 number until after he signed with the Twins. Before he signed with the Twins, all we heard was 12 years, 315. True. And compared we to never 12, 315, the, the 6, 200 looks good, right? But compared to, well, only six years, 157 was guaranteed, all of a sudden, six years, 200 is like, wow, that was a big fucking jump. So... Maybe, maybe not the Giants part of it, but at minimum the Mets part of it feels a little bit like Scott Boris went out. He was like, "All right, what's the biggest number I can report?" You know, and then he he kind of squeezed the Twins for it. It's just because it's just so out of character of them to essentially sign a free agent like this. You know? Yeah, I don't. I you know Boris is, I don't know. You know Boris obviously he is who he is. He's he's made a. <laughs> quite, quite a bit of money. Um, oh yeah, but it, I don't know. I mean, and then the question becomes, right? Uh, if you look at the twins, the twins really haven't done much outside this, right? There's that whole thing of like, does this make them better? Sure, but they already had him last year. Yeah, they signed what Gallo. 
They signed Gallo, which could be interesting now that the shift is going away. Same with Max Kepler, another lefty kind of pull hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Twins, They, I mean, like, that division is so weak, right, that, like, a Correa could easily make the difference. But he didn't last year. You know, that's my point. He didn't last year. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, it's a great point. And it's a t- I mean, the other thing about the Twins you got to realize is that they've had some really, really bad luck with their prospects. Like Royce Lewis was the number one overall pick in, in one of these years, like 2018 or 2016, something like that. And he's a shortstop. And he just keeps getting injured. He hasn't even – I forget if he made his major league debut even. I think he did and it wasn't great and then he got hurt or something. But, you know, it's just like when, you, when you're that injured that you, you can't really build on anything, it's, it's hard to really evaluate somebody, you know. So they – it's tough because they did have a couple high-profile draft prospects and – they're just getting hurt or not painting out. So the Correa signing makes sense in that respect. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, I don't, I don't maybe, know. maybe. I mean, it's good for them. Good for, uh, yeah. and we'll see what, what happens. Um, I have to admit, uh, I'm happy he's not on the Giants. So Yeah. Well, I'm happy because you know what? I kept hearing a lot of, like, not even rumors, just like sports pundits talking, saying, <laughs> oh, you know. With numbers like these, why wouldn't the Dodgers go after him? And I, like, and I'm not a Dodgers. I'm, like, tangentially a Dodgers fan. You know, I'm, like, you're a big Dodgers fan, and and, and we're obviously, like, baseball buddies, you know, and, and, and mm-hmm. I live in L.A. So, like, I, I generally, like, enjoy that the Dodgers are doing well. And and me, not even being an actual straight-up Dodgers fan, like, would have broke my heart if, if they had signed Correa. Would have broke my heart. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would have been devastated. You know, is an understatement. Like, just would have been like, oh no. <laughs> would have. I don't. I don't think I could have been more bummed. Um. If if they signed him, you know, would have been like. So no, I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, you know, which I think takes us into our next. Yeah. A little bit. Segway. Kind of kind of segues perfectly in there. Um. You know, Dodgers uh, designated Bauer for assignment. Uh, couldn't Bauer. couldn't find any trade uh, partners, which you know, not surprised. And uh, <laughs> he is officially a free agent. Yeah, and so, this is what we said in the last episode. We were like, which I think I think we nailed it. Last episode, we were just like, no matter what you think happened, he's got to go. Yeah, I, I think just, you know, and I, I, I actually think looking at it more and more, it was 100% the right decision because, you know, we've said it numerous times. The big problem with Bauer is there's no remorse. You know, there's never been this, um, hey, you know, I understand the optics of this. I'm sorry this came out this way, blah, blah. It's like, no, he's he's in court again, suing her. There was there was never even like a a tacit like everything was consensual, but that doesn't mean this was a good decision. Correct. You know what I mean? Correct. Like there wasn't even like a some level of, like you said, remorse or even like some level of like, yeah, this looks really bad. Which which yeah, no, he doesn't care. I I, I don't want to arbitrate this whole situation because it's 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 a mess yeah. and yeah, and he in his worldview and and who knows if it's the truth or not he's like i did nothing wrong i'm not going to apologize and 
that's why that honestly that's why the last show i was like dude i've been doing so much thinking on this and i just think no matter where you stand there's no fucking way the dodgers can keep this guy i mean i honestly think there's and we'll see if someone does but i don't think there's any way that that as a team you can sign this guy i think maybe like the kbo maybe as i was gonna say i think you go play in korea i think that's about it yeah that's and but even then i i mean i don't know how the politics over there work but who knows if even they would take him you know like yeah they may not either you know it's like we can't get a team over there anymore you know (laughs) it's it's who knows i don't know what their standards are yeah it's um it's an unfortunate end, and, and you know we, we've probably talked about Trevor Bauer at nauseum on this show, but um, it 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 is it, I don't know as a consumer of just like baseball and like baseball characters, it's it was a loss, right? Like he was a great pitcher, he was really interesting, he approached things differently, he was doing a lot of YouTube content, and you know he wasn't giving the stock answers to everybody's questions like he was an interesting guy and and, mm-hmm. and say what you will about him being kind of an internet troll you know basically his whole career like baseball pitchers are assholes like that's that's who they are so it was it was from just like a pure consuming baseball standpoint it's a loss but that's obviously not the full context right and that's 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 why he had to go yeah i mean you know it's uh, it's interesting to kind of watch it all play out. It'll be interesting to see where he lands. I do wonder, you know, there's the whole thing of how they say the owners colluded to make sure that Barry Bonds didn't get signed again. Um, even though he when? said at the end when of he his, was 43 and he couldn't hit, he wanted to play, and they say that they say that at the end of his contract, he had expressed interest to play. Uh, and that they say that the owners kind of all agreed that no one would sign him because, you know, he had kind of tainted baseball. That's so interesting. You know what's funny, though? I don't believe that at all because the love for him in San Francisco was so real. Well, yeah, but I still think that the owners were like, eh. You think the other 29 owners were like, you're going to play ball? Yeah, they're like, don't. Pun intended. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... Again, it's it's you know it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens to him. Does someone yeah. take a chance? Do they all say, "Hey, you know what? I know we could get him for cheap this year, but nobody signed him, and we'll see what happens next year." Or does some team just say, "Hey, screw it. We need pitching. He's only going to cost us seven hundred twenty thousand dollars." Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm I'm curious to see if I were a gambling man, I'd say he never pitches in in MLB again. I, I I'd say he goes to Japan or Korea and just you know he goes clean start. They like me over here, you know, something to that yeah, effect. It'll be real interesting to see what what occurs. Yeah. But uh, hey. yeah, let's let's. I think we should end by maybe doing like a, I know we kind of did this uh, a couple weeks back, but maybe we do kind of a free agency roundup. You know, kind of a winners losers, and we almost did, we almost did like the instant reactions beforehand. But now that we've essentially signed everybody, I would be curious to hear who your take is, Ryan, on like 
who really who really should have done more and who you know made the smartest decisions and and maybe who you're like most excited for. like like three teams basically right who should have done more than they did like who who got hosed who had the best free agency right like oh great signings xyz and who is just like oh this is going to be a fun team to watch whether or not it works like i'm just so curious to see how this shit works out easy real real i mean easy for me at least please who should have done more uh dodgers obviously you know i just think i just think they were they're thinking too much about whether it's tax this tax that yes there's a lot of young guys and you know maybe it'll be fun but i think that they just kind of lounged around and and really should have made a signing or two it doesn't need to be big but just mm-hmm. more than they've done i feel like they've just kind of sat there around were, they, really there too were some quality the free tax. agencies yeah. yeah there were some there were a lot of like quality outfielders that you could like I look at a guy like Brandon Nimmo, who is like an on-base machine, uh, who re-signed with the Mets for twenty million for eight years. Or excuse me, that was a weird misnomer. One sixty over eight years for the Mets. Maybe that's a little bit rich for their blood, but I just feel like there were a couple quality outfielders like that. They let go of um, AJ Pollock, for example, another guy who I thought was a quality outfielder. Yeah, Um, I just thought they just kind of like yeah, he get Pollock signed for seven million with uh, Seattle. Yeah, you, know, like you could have had that. Um, and and I mean, I would have. There's there's just a lot of things they could have done that I feel like they just didn't. And uh, I, I think it's I think it was a big uh, failure on their part. Um, yeah. The one that I think did really well, and we'll see obviously if it transfers. You know, they've got Bruce Bochy as their their manager now. Is the Texas Rangers? You know, I think they made yeah. a lot of good signings. I don't know if that'll transfer over. Um, perfectly, but hey, they went after a bunch of pitchers. You know, who did they is, get besides um, besides Degrom? They got Degrom. They got Heaney. They got mm. uh, uh, what's his name that used to pitch for the Red Sox? Ivaldi. Um, Ivaldi, I believe they signed Ivaldi. Mm. Um, Interesting. They hold on, let me look. They they did a lot pitching wise, which I thought was smart. Yeah, Nathan Ivaldi, um, Heaney, Degrom. You know, so I think it'll be fun to watch them. And then mm-hmm. uh, your most exciting. I mean, obviously the the team that went out and spent four hundred million dollars in the offseason. Uh, you know, the New York Mets. Yeah, I dig that. Couple of couple of high profile name big name pitchers who are. Approaching AARP ages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd say that for me, I I think I agree with you. It was the Dodgers that was the most disappointing. I, I, I do think that they kind of had the luxury of like, they were so much better than everybody last year that they can kind of be like, listen, we got this. Like, we don't need to go out and spend money. And I think that's what they're doing. Like, you know, I think that's their opinion is like, look, the, the Padres got in at 89 games when Dodgers won 110, right? I think they're like, hey, let's see what happens. We don't with the with the new system, like, do we need to win the West? Yeah. I hear you. I think you know, maybe I think that's still you, their goal. I just don't think right. that they, they are holding it as a, a have to anymore. Yeah. I could say them. I could say I mean obviously like of the teams that are like contending, you know? Because that's mm-hmm. like the bigger 
the bigger one. Um, I mean, like a team like Boston, I think also you could pretty much earmark for a really disappointing. Like they, they signed yeah, that mean, one dude out of Japan. And they signed, and they, they re-signed Devers. But again, they, you know, it's funny. Um, I don't think Devers counts, though. I don't think it's fair. Well, that's what I was going to say is, is <laughs> again, a great point I heard on another podcast. So I'll, I'll steal it. Uh, just to bring it up, I will give credit. Talking baseball again um, is the idea of like you know everybody flips out like Yankee sign Judge. This is so awesome, blah blah blah. And it's like, no, it's great. It's really great that they did, but they already had Judge, right? So it doesn't make them a better team. It's right. good it to retain that player. It just makes them the same. Same with the Twins signing Carlos Correa, right? Extending Devers. It's like everybody's excited, but hey, you're still essentially the same team. So. Well, endeavors really to the to the nth degree because they not only did they already have him but they literally had him under contract. Like it's it's there was there was control there on mm-hmm. top of everything. So. so, it's just one of those things where it, it it cracks me up in the sense of we flip out about these signings, but then at the end of the day we we're like, oh yeah, it's the same team. So we're not looking at an addition. We're not looking at this right. team being better. I mean, yes, they're quote unquote better, but not better than they were. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I get it. In terms of my smartest team, the one that I think like did well, I'm, I'm just going to mention a couple teams because yep. I, 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 I don't know. There, there's honestly four teams that they're neck and neck in my heart. And maybe I could just talk this out with you real quick. I do. And you're going to laugh after what you just said. I do love the Yankees offseason because I think, I think they went out and got the best pitcher on the market. I do respect to Verlander and to, and to, I mean, every, all the historically great pitchers, right? Scherzer, Verlander, you know, Kershaw, and, uh, DeGrom. They, they all had big question marks, and they're all old. And I just think that Rodon is, is – he's only 30, which these days for pitchers is oh, not Oh, yeah, I that forgot. Old. That was a great signing. He doesn't signing. have the mileage that, that on his arm. That was a great arm. signing, yeah. I love, I love that. I love the one-two punch that they're adding for um, – with, with – um, Garrett Cole, I love the lefty-righty punt, one-two punch. You know, it's I thought that was a great signing. And Aaron Judge, I, I agree with everything you're saying about they already had him, but also like they went out and got the best hit, well, arguably the best hitter available. And he was he's a face of the franchise kind of guy. Like looking at like let's throw let's let's call it the like the the ticket based you know signings. Like Aaron Judge is the big ticket, right? So. I love what the Yankees did. And then there's three teams that I felt like they each added one really, really quality player and didn't, like, get a million average players, mm-hmm. which I always really like the move of because I think if you're going to get an average guy, why not just call up a minor leaguer that you kind of like? Um, and that's the Phillies, unfortunately, the Astros, and then the St. Louis Cardinals. Cardinals get Wilson Contreras, who I talked about in the last show. Just, like, best catcher, in my opinion, one of the best – Maybe maybe the second or third best catcher in baseball. Not super old. He's only 31, I think. Uh, the Astros get Jose Abreu, who just fills their biggest hole, which is that they their first base just wasn't good yep. enough. It, it wasn't True. to their standard. And then the Phillies get Trey Turner. That's probably the, the my least favorite of the three just because they're paying so much money for him, and he's 30 years old, and he's a speed guy. Um so I, I don't know. Of those four teams, Ryan, I, I think that for me, I probably would say the Yankees had the smartest offseason, even though they spent a kajillion dollars. Uh, 
But I'm kind of leaning Yankees for intelligence. And then in terms of the team with the most Yankees fun, for I, intelligence. That those two typically don't go together with Brian Cashman. Did you ever think you'd see the day? Uh, in terms of the team with the most fun, I, and I think I've given it this to them in terms of like the totality of their last two off seasons, but I think it's the Texas Rangers. Yeah. I, I think adding DeGrom, I think adding Evaldi, like you said, I, I just like, I love that they're just like, like going for it. Like they got Seager and Semyon last year and they're just, and they're, they're drafting high profile guys. So like, it really is like the totality of everything they're doing, but they're kind of low key acting like the Padres act where they just are like, fuck it. I've heard his name. Let's give him a hundred million dollars. <laughs> like, and, and, and I kind of love that, uh, especially in a division that has not been competitive for like six years. Uh, it's kind of great. So that, that's that's definitely my pick for like the most fun with them going out and being like, fuck it. Maybe Jacob deGrom's not hurt. Who knows? No, I mean, again, I appreciate that they're going for it. I'm, I'm very thankful that they were not able to convince Kirsch to go. Um, mm-hmm. I, I still – I know he lives 10 minutes from the stadium. I know he's from Texas. I know all those stories. I am hopeful that he will just end his career – in LA as a Dodger, you know, <clears throat> I, I've brought it up to you before. I just think that when you have an opportunity to stay with one team your entire career, it being such a rarity these days, how can yeah. you not? Especially yeah. being the face of the team, not just a team, a guy on the team, you know, I just happen to be here the whole time. Right, 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 you right. Know? No, he's the face. He's the legacy of the of this era of the Dodgers. And I mean, you said it. Like he's and we well, we, and we talked about it in the last show. Like, not only does the he have the opportunity to be a Dodger for life and all that fun stuff, but there's basically like two or three teams where you get to stay with the team your whole career and you're not taking a pay cut to do it. Yeah, right. I mean, and you're that's able to pretty much the Dodgers and the Yankees and maybe the Red Sox, but not anymore. The Red Sox really. It's kind of just the Dodgers and the Yankees. And they would sign him for a multi-year deal if he really wanted one. But he just wants to do one year at a time because he wants to see how his body feels. He wants to see how everything is. And it's like, all right, you know, I he's just a, hope He's a that, good pitcher. I mean, it's just so funny. I still remember uh, the day we called him up and him pitching and how young he looked and how excited everybody was for him. Yeah. You know, just this, just this, like, it wasn't, uh, uh, I don't think anybody had any clue what he was going to become. Right. But the excitement of being able to just watch this young guy pitch and, and who's, who's he going to be. And now it's like, man, I feel old. Uh, you know, now we're, now we're towards the tail of his career and just still being able to watch him pitch. I, I, I'm excited every game that I go to that he is pitching, you know, just the opportunity to watch it. He was, he was fun when he was like, now I think you go to his games and you're kind of like, there's like a respect there. I feel like when I go to a Kershaw game now where I'm like, that's the legend right there. Like that's the guy. But like, dude, when he was young, you were just like every game you saw, you're like, he might not give up a hit tonight. Yeah. I mean, the, the funniest part though is I feel like now there is some fun in the sense of, you don't know what curse you're going to get. And I mean that in a great way. He's really, he's kind of pulled it back together. At least he did last season. 
Um, but it's like, man, sometimes he just, you get this, and I hate to say it because if you're still, still doing it, you know, I say vintage Kirsch, but it's become more often. It was more often last season vintage Kirsch than it was the prior season. So then you say, well, is it vintage, right, if, if he's doing it enough? Um, but, man, is it fun to watch when he is just on. Uh, because, you know, for a while there, I don't think he was uh, altering his game enough, right? He was trying to rely on pitches that he had relied on his whole career. Right. And then he started to really change it up and understand you're not going to blow by people with your fastball. You can still use it, just not yeah. in the same way that you did before. And, you know, he's just gotten so much more uh, creative as a pitcher. Also, just a complete tangent. Aren't you always Please. amazed that pitchers have like, oh, yeah, he, he throws three pitches. And you're like, what? You know, like, you throw three, that's it? And they're like, oh, yeah, but, you know, in the offseason, you worked out a fourth. I'm like... It just That's seems like, so low, right? Well, like let's put it this way: yes and no. I think that in the the modern game emphasizes your best pitch, yeah, so much that it makes sense that a lot of guys would be three pitch guys in the sense that like perfect three pitches and throw those right because there's you know there's like the Grankies and the the Bowers of the world that have like six pitches basically. And back in the day, right, it was like the Greg Maddoxes and, and all those, but these day, but those were the days where you went through the order three or four times and you had to throw different looks at, at the same Yeah, I just find it so funny over. nowadays. They're like, oh, yeah, he added a, a third or fourth pitch in the offseason. Yeah. You're like, wait, what? Adding a third, yeah, adding a fourth pitch is funny because you're. It is. It is such a three is the staple, and it's like, oh, you can only do three. But like, pretty much what they, what everybody says is that the difference between a starter and a reliever is a third pitch. It's so funny, yeah. Because I mean, God, relievers just. It's like, oh, here's what I throw. They throw. They throw two incredible pitches and nothing else. Like that's what a reliever. Some of them don't even throw two. Like Mariano Rivera threw a cut fastball and a cut fastball. Like that was. It was he had such a good cutter that he basically threw a cut fastball and a changeup just to fuck with you every once in well, a while. Well, yeah, Kenley Kenley threw a fastball and a, I think he threw the slider, right? A slider. Those were his two. A, he's know. added one more now, which is why he's been able to. He's added a third pitch. Somewhat <laughs> do a little better. I think he's. I think he's toast. I. I oh yeah, he's a Red Sox too. Forgot about he's that. One. A red, the Red Sox have have very quietly reassembled the twenty like fourteen to twenty seventeen Dodgers. Yeah, they just grabbed. They got Kike. They got JT. They've got uh, <laughs> Kenley. Jensen. You know, like let's yeah. just keep it going. Let's keep it going over there. So it's great. Hey man, Dodgers. Dodgers live on. <laughs> All right, so uh, you know, I feel like next pod, Burn, we should, you know, as we approach spring training. Um, we should kind of get a real lowdown on the new rules so mm. that everybody can see, you know, and understand what to expect next season because there there are low-key quite a few things being thrown in. Um, and I think it's going to be fun to watch personally. Let's do it. I like that. That'll, that'll be fun. And you'll get started watching the Jeter doc. Oh, yeah, the Jeter doc. Jeter doc. Oh, by the way, uh, one, <laughs> one last thing. It is official that all, uh, I believe, Triple Triple A, is yeah, I saw the that this automated morning. Automated strike zone, yeah, so. it's 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 coming. It is coming, dude. It's, of course, it's coming. The problem is, like I said, we all enjoy 
human error to a degree, right? There is a beauty to umps and human error. There is. But when it comes down to crucial key moments where every call matters and you're getting guys called out on like game ending strikeouts that's like well outside. Yeah. Or, you know, got got runners in scoring position, two outs, doesn't matter what inning and then they, you know, get a bad strikeout, we, like it changes yeah. the whole game. We we need here's 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 the balance in my humble opinion. Sports, in my opinion, need instantaneous calls. Like if you ever watch a football game or the last two minutes of any NBA game, like it is unwatchable. Oh yeah, when 100%. they're constantly stopping the game for five, ten minutes at a time to check something. So I, I if I they agree. can do this instant, if they can do instantaneous Robo Empire Strike Zone, then I'm a hundred percent on board that it is the one part of the game that you cannot fuck up. I think it should be this. I think it should be this personally, and I think it would be easy because I, I I believe there's some league doing it and they're doing it fast. You have an automated strike zone. You still rely on the umps, but if there's a pitch that you are like, no, no, wrong, that you can point at it and then it's like, you know, instantly, like a green or red light will tell you. <laughs> yeah. But do you see what I'm saying? Like if you could do, yes. so you still give the umps the ability to do what they do, but then you're like, nope, that was a bad call. I like, hey, and they can check it and go, you're right, you know, change account. That's what I think. Just because, again, I don't want all computers. We don't want all computers. Like there is a beauty. I, I want all, I want all I know, maybe. maybe. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. I don't know. It changes every day. I, I want all computers for the strike zone. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't, yeah. Yes and no. Yes and no, Bernie. Yes and no. I'm surprised that you're not an all computers for the strike zone kind of guy. Again, I told you, probably next time we record, I will be. Who knows? Going, going, gone. Gone, gone. gone. It's a home run. He's going down. Home, 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 home. Go home. Go home. Go home. Go home. Peace out.